This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. Today, we listen to the second part of Reggie's talk on ritual. In offering instruction on ritual in Vajrayana Buddhism, he introduces three chants that connect us to the three domains of mystery, love, the body, and the unseen world. This talk was given at the 2006 Advanced Meditating with the Body Retreat, held in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about upcoming Meditating with the Body Retreats, please visit dharmaocean.org. Another thing that comes back is the need for mentors. The need for people, you know, I hate to say it in this culture, but for people who actually know more than we do and who have more experience, and we need to be able to find people that we can trust. I mean, it doesn't mean these people are God or the idealized father or mother, but they are people with experience who are willing to share these things with us. The mentor-student uh, relationship is not something that happens overnight. It's very gradual, and it really comes about as a friendship, and there have to be a lot of ups and downs and you basically have to run into each other's sharp edges, and um, it's part of a whole process, and yet it's necessary and it's important. And this is another thing that comes back as something that's needed on the spiritual journey. So it's interesting, you know, we can start out with a, a purely secular approach, and which in, there is some great value in that. And, and, you know, as I've been saying the last couple of days, it's just very. It's a very, very, I think, a deep part of the modern consciousness that we don't want things imposed on us that are alien and that um, create a further sense of separation from ourselves and our experience. That's a very, very important inspiration, and that's the basis of the journey altogether in the modern world. But at the same time, we're going to have to let go of some of our so-called modern secular ideas in order to just make the journey. There needs to be some way, which we call ritual, but some kind of language for maintaining our connection with mystery. There needs to be a sense of community that we're willing to work with, even though it's painful. And there needs to be um, some, hopefully we can find somebody or some people that we trust that can be mentors and guides for us. Those mentors never take away our autonomy. In fact, their job is to encourage our autonomy and to give us tools so that the basic sense of in individual and personal, the empowerment of our own awakened state actually is always what's at issue in that relationship. It's never about using, you know, any mentor that uses students for his or her own gain is a is charlatan and should be, they should die, basically, because they're not helping anybody. They're just deceiving and, you know, confusing others. But a true mentor is a person who most likely has experienced someone else affirming them, and then their job is to affirm their students. So it's, it's really simple.
So uh, I was, this, this is me leading up to something, which is I want to introduce some chants. These are very simple, and there are three domains of mystery that these chants are going to address. The first chant is a, a bodhicitta chant, and bodhicitta in Buddhism is it is our inherent love and compassion and tenderness towards suffering beings. Now, you could say, well, why is this a mystery? It's a mystery because most of the time we're not really in touch with that part of ourselves. It's a very deep part and it's primordial, meaning that it's not based on any causes and conditions. It's just part of who we are as human beings. Moreover, it's a mystery. It's a mystery how we could actually love other people, truly love them. We don't know why. We don't know how it could be, but it's a fact. So this chant is to be done in the morning. It's very short, and we're going to do it here for the next three mornings, this morning and then the next two days. Mm -hmm. And I uh, <coughs> invite you to consider doing this at the beginning of the day when you go home as a way of establishing a kind of being clear about the fact that we are connected with all people everywhere and that we have within our heart there's a sense of um, that they have a they have a call on us they have a claim on us just because of their suffering it's not a, we're not talking about a religious thing here we're talking about a human thing we're talking about the human no religion, no dogma. We're just talking about the nature of the human heart. So this is the first chant. It, it connects us with the vastness and mystery of that uh, connectedness. And then the second domain of mystery, of course, is the body itself. And so I composed a chant to the body for you. And I, I did that. I've been thinking about it actually for a long time, for about a year. And then this morning I just said, okay, I think it's time. We'll be doing that. And again, it's, it's just connecting ourselves with the sacredness and mystery and possibilities that are present in our human incarnation, our human body. And then the third chant, so these two are done in the morning, right at the beginning of practice, and especially at the beginning of body work, as you'll see. But any kind of practice in the morning, or even if you get up and you've got literally one minute for your morning spiritual practice, this would be, these would be good. You can do them both in one minute. So it's a, your sort of one minute connection with mystery. And then the other one we'll do at the end of the day is the, uh, many of you have talked to me in the last couple of days about the connection with the mountain or otherwise known as Ritragunpo. I'll say more this afternoon when we uh, do that chant, but there are people this kind of became very strong over the last year, and some of you I haven't really seen, you know, since we've been in Crestone. But there's, it's called a drala in Tibetan Buddhism, a, a being of the unseen world who many of you actually know, even though you don't know his name and you don't know what's going on, but you find yourselves out there looking at the mountain and being called back and uh, he's, he's turned up in some very, very powerful ways, first for me, and then for a lot of other people as well. And so there's a chant that he's looking after us, and 
He's very unusual in Tibetan Buddhism. Often the teachers would go and you know find spirits and convert them to Buddhism, and then they would become protectors. But he was already here, and he came down and he basically said, "I'm going to protect you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be here." And um, my interaction with him extended over many months. And anyway, so. He's turned up now for lots and lots of other people in Crestone, people that I work with, and even people who aren't our students have run into him. And then they hear about this chant, they come over and go, can I, you know, could I have a copy of that chant? And what the chant, you'll see this afternoon, I'll go through it with you a little bit, but it's all very interesting and it's all the way it was in the old days when Buddhism was coming to Tibet. And uh, it's so interesting to find oneself living in the same space as when these things happened and you read about them in the books, and then here they are. They're happening. And, okay, it sounds religious what I'm talking about, but here's the point. If a spirit comes down off the mountain and takes you by the throat and talks to you, it doesn't matter if it's religious or secular, you listen. <laughs> so... And actually, he was much kinder than that. He didn't take me by the throat. But he made it very clear that he's been here a long, long, long time. And that um, what is happening now is very much part of why he's been here and what he's been waiting for. And he has been unbelievably helpful. And there have been... It's just um, it's a good thing. And I, So I'll talk more about it this afternoon, and I'll show you the chant. mention one important thing in the intensives that we have there's a lot of teaching that I want to give you and so we we're not having long sittings but at the same time I think as you go along long sittings without really doing anything just sitting being with your body and working with one of the techniques is definitely worth exploring. It's well worth doing. Because when you sit for a long time, what happens is your body and mind soften. And you can actually feel that, you know, during the sitting. You, you know, you struggle with yourself, and there's a kind of rigidity that you're constantly working with. But over time, there's a kind of softening process that does occur in the body and in the mind and in the emotions. So, I want to encourage you that you might explore long sitting, those of you who have not done so. Now, a number of people here have done datans with me where we sit, you know, for eight or nine hours a day. And so that's a good, you know, that's a good uh, way to do it. Solitary retreats are very good. And also this uh, nyintun practice, you know, a weekly, on the weekend, sitting for three or four hours in a block <laughs> is also a very good thing. But it's, it's strange that when you do long periods of sitting, how much you do actually come into your body and how much more pliable and open the body becomes during that period. And it's odd, but um, and this is something Dogen noticed, um, you know, who lived in the first half of the 13th century, founder of Zen in Japan. He noticed that... Um, the more people sit, the more uh, pain they're in, the more they actually come into their body, and the more embodied they are as people.
So that's another side of this uh, work with the body that um, it's not quite as exploratory as what we do, and it you know it's limited in, in some sense in terms of what you can accomplish. But it's actually a very important part of it in the long run. You know, if you keep going with this work. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.